Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Brilliant. So good to be with you this morning, guys. I'm excited about what God has for us all this morning. I'm Steve. I'm a youth leader here. Um, amongst the team of youth leaders that we have, just for those who haven't met me before, each time I come out of breakout on a Sunday and I look around uh, the congregation, I see lots of different new faces, which is brilliant. So I always like to introduce myself. Steve, my wife's Kathy, she's here this morning, and I have four kids, Caitlin, Zoe, Bethan, and Andrew, who are all in with us this morning, and we are part of the team here serving at R8. And I'm just want to tell you a wee bit about youth. Youth at the minute is flying, is the only way to describe it. So we've started a new um, Ignite Youth Bible Study, the third Monday of every month. We meet on a Friday night every week. We do lots of different things. We are going to the Giants, Belfast Giants this week, sold out. There's 35 of us going on a bus down there. We could have took 45, I'm sure, easily. So uh, and then a few weeks ago, we had Crown Jesus Ministry were with us and sharing with us. We had Love for Life uh, sharing this uh, Friday, so we had. So lots of difference going on. We average around 30 on a Friday night, and we have great fun here. We play football. This is all stripped back. We football nets in here, play football in here, and lots of different stuff in there. Once a month, we go to Football Warehouse, so some of our older young people, Richard, can pretend to play football, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> So we have a ball. So that's youth, guys. If you have anybody who's from uh, junior high right up to 18, please send them down here on a Friday night. We will make them more than welcome. And I want to reassure parents this morning. We're dealing with a lot of touchy subjects at youth, okay? We're dealing with the issues that our young people have. We put a question box out, which I shared with you a few weeks back, and our young people put questions in. These are the questions that our young people have. Okay, we're dealing with sexuality, we're dealing with gender, we're dealing with homosexuality, we're dealing with the occult, we're dealing with Ouija boards, we're dealing with all these things that our young people would struggle with, that our young people would have questions about. And I want to reassure every parent, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're here this morning, this is our guide. Nothing else, nothing that the education board has, nothing that the world would throw at us. This is our guide as our youth as to how we are teaching your young people. Be reassured of that. And it's really important that you understand and you know that this morning. God has a plan for this generation which is going to far surpass anything we've done in my generation. I really believe that. And if you follow any Christian social media stuff at the minute, just watch what's happening across the world. And I believe here at Ariat that we have a real responsibility to teach our young people that there's a different way than what Instagram tells you, Facebook tells you, any other social media tells you. And this is the way. So as we move into God's Word this morning and what God has put in my heart, and I'm going to share with you, it might change. I have notes here, okay? I try to stick to them. 
There's a clock going down fast at the back. I'll try and stick to that. But when God moves, you have to listen. I'm going to be really honest with you this morning. I have seen over these last four years in my life at R8, lots of people come in and try R8 and then move on. And you know, that's fine. If you're coming in and trying R8, I have no problem with that. But sadly, I see people coming in and trying God and going, that's not for me. Folks, the Almighty God who created this world, Yahweh, is not somebody to be tried. Okay? What I'm going to talk about this morning is try, train, trust. Try, train, trust. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 12. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Nephilim, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, the land of Zebulun and Nephilim, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. May God bless the reading of his word. You can sit down. Thank you. So I want to talk to you this morning about train rather than try. Don't try, train. Don't try, train. Now, God's Word, the Bible, I have found over these last 35 years of being a Christian, has become very westernized. We've turned it into our culture, rather than taking the culture and looking at the culture it's come from. And as I opened these verses, and as I started looking at these verses in the Bible, I, always, I thought, what would Jesus have been doing? What would these guys have been doing? What was their culture like at that time? And I came across this uh, on, um, I'm not sure what it was on Instagram or where I found it, but at the minute, Kathy's doing a study on Jewish Jesus, okay? And what she's looking at there is she's looking at how Jesus would have been brought up. He'd have been brought up in the Jewish culture. He'd have been brought up celebrating all the feasts, celebrating all the traditions of Jewish custom. And one of the customs of those times was the education system. And the education system, believe it or not, as I looked at it, was fairly similar to the education system we have today. So there was three tiers of education. You would have gone in at the age of five, 
And you would have studied the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And then you would have moved on at the age of 10. So you would have been part of something that was called Beth Sefer. Okay, that was your first part of education, which was called House of the Book. When you went in at the age of five, everybody got a chance at that. And then when you get to 10 and you weren't making it, you were sent home and you worked in the family business. Or if you were a girl, you were sent home and you were getting prepared to be a mother, to be married, right from that early age of 10. But the guys who made it went on to Beth Talmud. My Hebrew isn't very good, but that's, that's how I'm going to pronounce it. And it was called the House of Learning. So from the age of 10 to 12, now if you remember Jesus in that moment when he got lost and his mom was trying to find him, where was he? Anybody know that story in the Bible? Where did, where did they find Jesus when he was lost? Daniel? In? No, he wasn't in heaven. Where was he? Who's that? Eve? In the temple. He was in the temple. He was in the house of learning. He was of that age where he was learning from God's Word. The next stage of education, so if you didn't make it at that 10 to 13 years, you were back to the house, away you go, go and work with your dad, go and work with whoever's back there, and you learned to trade. But the guys who made it then went on to the next stage of education, what was called Bet Midrash, which was the house of study. And if you made it to that stage, please stay with me here, don't get bored, I find it fascinating. When you get to this stage, if you make it, you have to go and find a local rabbi, and you have to say, can I learn from you? Okay, so that was the education system. It filtered out all those people who weren't super clever. They went off to learn a trade. They went off back to their home. And then eventually it got to the stage where you would follow the local rabbi. And the local rabbi would assess you. And if he thought you were good enough, he would say, come, follow me. Now, if you were listening to that reading, you'll understand that these fishermen were by the boat. Why? Because they hadn't made it. They weren't good enough. They weren't good enough to be following a rabbi. This rabbi is what Jesus was known. He was a teacher at that time. He was a rabbi. Came along the beach and said to these guys, who hadn't made it, come, follow me. Now, I don't know about you this morning. You might have made it, okay? You might be at the top of your trade. You might be at the top of what you do, which is brilliant. There's a story about Nicodemus, which I'll do another day, about guys like you, which is superb. Nicodemus was at the top of his tree, yet he still had to sneak to Jesus but I want to just speak to some of, like me, who didn't quite make it. Can you imagine the reaction of those disciples where this rabbi came and said, come, follow me. They didn't hesitate. They didn't stop. They thought, that was it. Our chance was gone. We hadn't made it. Yet Jesus stooped down and picked the ones who hadn't quite made it to change the world. And these guys literally did change the world. 
I wouldn't be standing here this morning if it wasn't for these disciples who left and listened to Jesus and followed him. If you're here this morning and you think you haven't quite made it, if you're here this morning, even this week, you've had a job interview and it didn't go well, or you applied for something and it didn't happen, or maybe you're in school and you're not in the top class, and every day is a struggle. You know, Jesus is saying to you this morning, I've got something for you that will change your world and the world. Just come to me, ask me, listen to me, and follow me, and I can change your world. You know, I had this all prepared, and I do this all the time, and I read over the chapter, I read over the chapter, and I read over the chapter, and I get little things out of it each time. And just on Friday, I got a few moments to myself, and I went over it again, and one word jumped out at me. And it was nothing to do with what I was going to talk about this morning. And then as I researched it more, I realized that this was Jesus' first words on his first sermon. So Jesus' first words, he'd stepped out this, this story in the Bible, in the context of the Bible, Jesus had just been in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. The devil had been teasing him. He'd been tempting him. And Jesus had come through that period of temptation. Perfect, because he's a son of God. Never sinned. And this was Jesus' first experience of ministry. What do you think his first words were? Repent. So the first thing Jesus did when he was going to minister to people, he told them to repent. And you know, folks, that's a, such an important part to start. It says here in Matthew 4, verse 17, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, if you don't watch the news or you do watch the news, the prophecies of this book, the Bible, in our generation are being fulfilled. You look at what's going on in Israel, and I could stand here for hours and share what's happening in this world at the minute with economic systems and all that sort of stuff. Listen to the words of Jesus. This is so important this morning. Hear them. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Folks, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back sooner than we realize. Are we ready? How does Jesus start a sermon? I believe that every sermon should be started by this. Every day we should start like this. Repent. Folks, we need to come before a holy God and say sorry for the wrong things we have done. We're not trying, church. It's not a try. It's not a put your toe in the water, don't fancy that. What does Jesus say? He's the one we're following. Repent. And you know, if you're here this morning and you've never come to him, you've never given your life to him, later in the service, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. But if you're a Christian here this morning, this is something we need to do too. We need to realize that we're serving a holy God who hates sin. Why does he hate sin? Because it hurts us. Okay? He's not up there saying, don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other thing, because he likes to do that. No, he loves us. Why is he asking us to repent? Because it's our sin that gets us in a mess. So this morning, every day, what a great place to start. 
coming before God and saying, God, I recognize you who you are, a holy God. Forgive me for the wrong attitudes I've had. Forgive me for the bad things I've said. Help me to live for you. Let's move on. So as I read through, that word repent jumped out at me. But then the next thing that jumped out at me was the word immediately. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, and for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then immediately they left their nets. And I always thought this was an amazing thing, that these guys who had a business didn't even hesitate. Immediately they got up and left. But if you think of the culture they came from, I sort of understand a little bit more why they jumped up immediately. They were being given a chance, a chance to follow a rabbi. Not just any rabbi, the son of God. Immediately, they jumped up and they followed him. You know, I wonder this morning, are we following God? And you might say, Steve, what does that look like? How do I follow God? You know, folks, I want to encourage you. The most important thing in your life, bar anything, is your relationship with God. Not your relationship with the church. Not even your relationship with your spouse. Not your relationship with your kids. Not your relationship with your boss. Not your relationship with your football team. Your most important thing in life is your relationship with God. Out of that flows all the others. If we don't get that right, everything else fell apart. Why did these guys immediately follow Jesus? Because they recognized who he was. You know, you might be in the service this morning and you've put your hand up in response to a prayer that we've prayed here. And you've said to yourself, I'm going to give that Christianity a try. You know, it's not about trying Christianity. It's about training with God. How did the disciples do that? How did the disciples train with God? Let's look at the next few chapters and here's the headings. Okay, so straight after this, Jesus heals a great multitude. Okay, the next bit in my Bible says the Beatitudes, where Jesus teaches the people and the disciples their attitudes, how they should live, how they should grow. And then the next bit says that believers are salt and light. Then it says murder begins in the heart. Then it says adultery in the heart. And Jesus starts to teach these disciples. They follow him. They start to train with him. They start to watch Jesus and see what he's doing. They spend time in Jesus' presence. Here's one that came up at youth the other week. We all love the presence of God. I was really enjoying that last worship song. It cut short far too soon. I was just getting going. We all love that presence of God, don't we? But here's a challenge for you. Would Jesus enjoy your presence? Would Jesus want to be in your presence? Would Jesus want to sit with you while you scroll through your Instagram feed? Would Jesus want to sit with you while you watch what you watch? Would Jesus want to be in your presence while you speak to your wife the way you speak to your wife or to your kids or to your boss or to your friends? 
really challenged me this week. It challenged me to the point where I started looking at what I watch on YouTube. It started challenging me as to the way I speak to my kids, as to the way sometimes I can get a bit lazy. You know, how do we train? How do we follow God immediately like these disciples have? By spending time in His presence. Be that five minutes, be that 10 minutes, be that 20 minutes. And you know, the older I get, the more I want to spend time in His presence. The more I want to open His Word. Because every time it speaks to me, speaks to me in a different way. Guys, don't train. Don't try. Train. Don't try God. Train with Him. And your life will be changed dramatically. You know, this little float that Johnny gave me changed my swimming technique dramatically. But you know the problem is, I haven't used it for three weeks. It's not doing me any good sitting in the corner where I'm not using it. If I trained properly, my swimming technique would change. You know, folks, if you train properly, if I train properly, our walk with Christ will change dramatically. Change dramatically. This book here, how often do you bring it out? And I encourage you, get a Bible. I know our phones are brilliant. I know our phones are great. They're there all the time. But this Bible's really personal to me. It's really personal to me. Have you got your own personal Bible that you read, that you use, that you learn from? That's how our lives will be changed. You know, when we move into that moment of presence with Jesus, and that's honesty. Folks, how honest are we with ourselves? I wish I could bring Julie up and she could just do the talk because it was just hit me. And she brought a camera in. And we live our lives through a camera, don't we? We take pictures of everything nowadays. We're all smiling and we're all happy. And wouldn't it be great on social media if for a week we could be, or for a day, we could be honest? Guys, if we were really honest with ourselves, really honest, life's a struggle. My life's a struggle. Because this week, all I had was a hallelujah. I had nothing more to give. I was spent. I was done. But I had a hallelujah. It's all I could bring before the king. And how do we get through weeks like that? Because we train. If I was trying Christianity, I'd have given up on Monday morning. If I was trying Christianity, that would have been it. Go on, Christianity. You're not helping me much here. But no, we train. We train. We give God our all. We respond immediately. Why? Because Yeshua, the rabbi, above all rabbis, said to me, follow me. And I responded immediately. I started my training, and it's a battle. It's hard. It's difficult. Folks, I've run out of time already, and I haven't even got to my second point. I want to encourage you today. I want to really encourage you. Be honest with yourself. Because when we follow Jesus, okay, if I did this every week with Johnny at 6 o'clock in the morning, like he does, and did 40 lengths, 50 lengths, 80 lengths, 
I would improve, wouldn't I? I'd become a pretty good swimmer. And that's all God's asking us to do. He's asking us to take the aids, these things, yeah, take the floats, use them, and we'll grow. We'll grow in Him. So, the last point, I promise you. Am I back on here? No, we've got to keep using this. This is a nightmare. This. I'm going to have to put it down in a minute. So, why should we train with God? These disciples followed Jesus. They watched him as he went through life, all the exciting things that he'd done in his life. And they saw him. Do you know what they did? They trusted him. Why should we trust Jesus? Because he gave everything for you. He gave everything for you. He went to that cross where they put nails through his hands, where they put a crown of thorns on his head, and at no point did he back down. He took everything for you. Why should you trust God? Because he loves you more than anything. Why should you put him first in your life? Because he loves you more than anyone in this world could ever do. Why should we trust God this morning? Because he's what he's done for you. He said, follow me. Have you followed him? Have you responded like the disciples did immediately? Have you repented those first words that Jesus said in his first sermon? Have you come before a holy God and said, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. Please come into my life. Forgive me and help me to live for you. I can confess this week he's never left me. As hard as this week has been, and I know there'll be more harder weeks than this week, he never left me. He was beside me all the way. Even at that point where all I had was a hallelujah. Why did I have that hallelujah? Because of what he did on that cross for me. And I have a cross in that youth room. And for some reason, it always ends up in the corner out of the way. And every night I come into youth and I get it out of that corner. And I put it in the middle of youth. Why? Because what we do at youth is because of that cross. And when that cross disappears, there'll be another one made. And it'll be put there again. Why? Because it means everything to me. Okay? It means everything to me. It gets me up in the morning. I know my Savior died on that cross for my sins for my failures, for the things that I've done wrong and do wrong. Folks, this morning, if you don't know him, if you don't know the meaning of that cross that I've just described, I want you to make this morning the morning where you come to that cross and repent. Christians, this morning, if you've been trying Christianity, if you put your hand up in this room just to try it, it's time to move on. Don't try Christianity. Trying Christianity does not work. I promise you. Just like trying this for a week doesn't work. Training with Jesus changes your life. Oh, Lord, my God, when I, in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hand hath made, I see the stars, I hear the mighty thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. When through the woods and forest glades I wander, I hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook 
and feel the gentle breeze. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on that cross, my burdens gladly bearing, he bled and he died to take away my sin. Oh, this last verse means so much to me, especially after this week. When Christ shall come, with shout of acclamation, and take me home. Oh, I want to go home. Anybody ever said that as a kid? I want to go home. I wonder if heaven means that much to you, that you want to go home. When Christ shall come, with shout of acclamation, and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart, then shall I bow in humble adoration, and there proclaim, my God, how great thy art, how great thy art, how great thy art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to me, how great thy art. You know, Jesus died on that cross. He didn't stay dead. He defeated death. And that's why this week he was with me all week. That's why I know one day I will stand before him and I will go home. And all the hurt and all the pain and all the sadness and all the hardship and all the stress will be gone. Why? Because three days later, Jesus rose again and he's in heaven and I serve a living Savior. And when Jesus said, come follow me, I followed him. And I'll follow him right to that point when I stand before him. Folks, I don't know what the cross means to you. I don't know what heaven means to you. But I hope and pray this morning, as you train through your Christian life, that you'll see and you'll experience that presence of God. hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to oriatchurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Oriat Church podcast.